Welcome to Empowered by Hope, a new podcast where we share our insights, optimism, and enthusiasm for medicine and all its possibilities. In each episode, we'll dive into the health and medical topics that matter most to you, our listeners, right here in Orange County, California. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Empowered by Hogue podcast. Today, we'll talk to Dr. Pavel Jankowski. He is a board-certified neurosurgeon and fellowship-trained spine surgeon with an expertise in scoliosis at the Hogue Spine Center. He's also a member of the Scoliosis Research Society. Dr. Jankowski is a leading innovator. He is the top surgeon in California using the 7D surgical flash navigation system. That's a radiation-free alternative to image-guided surgery. Dr. Jankowski attended medical school at the University of Washington School of Medicine. He did his neurosurgery residency at the University of California, San Diego, and a spine fellowship at NYU Langone Hospital for Joint Diseases. Dr. Jankowski's areas of expertise include scoliosis, revision spine surgery, and complex spine disease. He was instrumental in developing an extensive assessment for scoliosis, which he's going to talk more about today. Dr. Jankowski, welcome to the Empowered by Hogue podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, let's get right, right into this. You know, we referenced you as a scoliosis expert. Can you share with our audience whether scoliosis is something you're born with or it's something that you can develop later on in life? So the answer to that is both. So we look at scoliosis primarily in two broad categories. There's pediatric scoliosis, which is divided into its own subsets, and then adult degenerative scoliosis. Uh, in the pediatric version, it can uh, patients can be born with it. They can also develop it in their early life stages of development. And in adult degenerative scoliosis is what accounts to a alteration in our balance when um, how we stand when we're looking at a patient from the side and when we're looking at a patient from face on. And that is primarily contributed to the degenerative processes that accumulate throughout a patient's life. So let's talk more about that. What are some of those warning signs that adults can look out for if they suspect they might have some of that degenerative scoliosis or another spine issue you were just talking about? Right. So the primary symptom that patients will experience is pain. Typically, when we look at uh, indications for treating spine diseases, we always think of neurological matters, and certainly patients can develop uh, neurological symptoms, such as weakness, sensory loss, also uh, pain that is shooting down one limb. However, the primary symptom of adult degenerative scoliosis is pain and disability. And what happens over time, our body has mechanisms to compensate for these changes, but after a while, these compensation mechanisms are exhausted and the pain is over, overridden and patients lose their ability to do day-to-day -day activities. Hmm. So let's talk about assessing and, and determining that. So what can you tell us about the development of a patient-centric assessment for scoliosis? Yeah, so this has been one of the hottest areas of research in the Scoliosis Research Society and also in uh, study groups around the world where we are gaining more information looking at a patient's genetic profile, also the way that patients walk, the um, patient's muscle distribution, and trying to tailor what is the best way to optimize that patient's balance. In the end, uh, scoliosis surgery in adults is all about restoring balance and function. And so this assessment that has been ongoing process and that I have also been uh, part of in developing for patients here at Hogue is to take each patient independently uh, analyze what the goals are for the patient, take account into the patient's past medical history, and 
create a tailored approach, not a, not a, a gunshot approach, but a really specific approach for that patient. You mentioned a patient's history, and I'm just asking out of curiosity, is that something where a patient might come to you and say, well, you know, my dad has a history of back problems, or my, my mom has a history of back problems. I, do you think I'm at risk? Should I take this assessment? Is that a thing, If the history, family history of scoliosis or back pain? So... Yes and no. So in uh, studies that we have out of the Scandinavian countries and out of Great Britain, we have evidence that show that in terms of back diseases and spine diseases, there is anywhere from a 30 to upwards of 60% predilection for patients to develop spine diseases if a family member mm -hmm. has had it, especially a first-degree relative. What that means when you're assessing a patient um, in terms of the history, you're looking at, yes, their genetic and their family history, but you're also looking at also their other disease processes that they're currently um, involved in. So, for example, diabetes, osteoporosis, which is very underdiagnosed and undertreated in our community and also elsewhere in the United States. All those things have to be taken into account before a patient is actually even deemed a candidate uh, to undergo a surgery. We want to optimize our outcomes. We want to optimize the best results for our patients. And so that's why we have these type of screening processes is to ensure that we give the best type of care to patients. What kind of age are we talking about here? You mentioned the pediatric and then the, the gender of portion begins. Is there an age that, that typically happens or can it occur someone in their early 20s versus late 60s? There, so there is. And it's a, the kind of a bimodal distribution is what we see. when Bimodal? With bimodal distribution? So, I, so what I mean by that is, is um, not to uh, be too technical about it, but if you, we look at sort of the age range where if we go from the pediatric setting from zero to 18 years of life is typically what we consider a pediatric patient to okay. be. And then they graduate and now they're considered an adult patient. And so scoliosis, if is something that is needs to be treated in the pediatric time period, then it's done so. And that can either be through conservative treatment uh, measures or it can be done through surgical measures. Then once patients go through life, they're very fit, they're healthy for the most part. And these degenerative processes that are happening in the spine don't usually manifest until patients reach the latter 40s or 50s years of age. And again, uh, genetics also life and profession have a big you know, impact on that. And, it, and then mixed into the factor if a patient has undergone traumas or not. Then at about the age of 50 is when we start to see a lot of these degenerative processes really take root and they start at the disc level, then they can precipitate to the uh, joint level in the spine and the spine will then undergo changes. And as I mentioned, that the patients can adjust for that. And the spine is amazing that it can compensate and patients shift their pelvic alignment. They shift their spinal alignment to adjust for this. However, if it's not treated properly when it begins, it can then proceed further until a patient develops debilitating pain. So it's like a lot of other health conditions we've talked about, the earlier you treat it, the better outcome you're going to have. Correct. So what's the patient journey look like and how important is it to seek out a neurosurgeon for back pain treatment? So in neurosurgery, we obviously are very facile with treating uh, the nerves in addition to all the bony elements of the spine. And we also um, have a lot of experience with uh, the other tissues surrounding the neurological structures. So neurosurgeons, I feel, are number one, very comfortable in this environment, and also have a lot of experience uh, from the training that they undergo, especially in uh, cranial neurosurgery. And so we take a very 
almost a holistic and all-encompassing approach to this and we're able to distinguish and uh, consider which elements are really causing the biggest the biggest problem for the patient because it's not always up to simply a matter of uh, the facet joints or an arthritic type process that could be contributing to this pain. There could also be, for example, the not to use a technical term, we say sarcopenia, which is loss of muscle mass. So loss of muscle mass, which is very common in patients, especially after the age of 60, can be a contributing factor to the development of pain. And that can be treated best with conservative measures instead of a surgery. And then there's also elements in regards to the ligament laxity that can be considered also at the level of the disc. So in, to put it, to put it short is that we, we have in our training, uh, this air, this expertise where we are taught to look at all the features that could be contributing to a person's disease. And, you know, we also mentioned in your intro, what an innovator you are in the field. So what do you look for when assessing whether to adopt a new technology, a new device when treating your patients? First and foremost is whether this new technology has promised to positively impact my patient's health. So that's the first thing. I think um, many times we uh, right now live in a time where there's so much ongoing research, there's uh, so much also finances that are being put into uh, the development of uh, new devices and also treatments. But many times, not all of these actually improve the outcome. And that's, I think, the, the primary goal of we as uh, spine surgeons are here for is we wanna improve outcome. And um, outcome, um, the way that that's defined is improvement in the level of pain, improvement in function, and improvement in quality of life. What's that like for you when you get a patient that comes back and all of those things have happened? Uh, best feeling in the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's absolutely, it's, you know, it, it, it is one of those true humbling experiences and um, gratifications that um, what gets me up in the morning every day. All right. You've been listening to Dr. Jankowski. He is a board-certified neurosurgeon and scoliosis expert at the Hogue Spine Center. Dr. Jankowski, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of the Empowered by Hogue podcast. We thank you for listening. And please remember to give us a like and follow us for future episodes. Thank you for listening to the Empowered by Hogue podcast. If you haven't already, please remember to like, comment, and review, and subscribe to catch all our future episodes. For more information on Hogue or to book an appointment, visit hogue.org. That's H-O-A-G dot org.